0: You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast.
1: So thank you for joining us on our latest podcast edition. We are here today. and We're joined by a very special guest, Susie Newworth. Susie is the editor of Peer-to-Peer Finance News. So it's p2pfinancenews.co.uk. Susie, thank you very much for joining us. It would be great if you could give us a bit of an introduction into yourself and why you started Peer-to-Peer Finance News.
0: Thanks for having me. So I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Peer-to-Peer Finance News. I'm a business journalist, so I worked for a number of trade publications and then for a number of newspapers and was quite keen to start my own venture. And I thought there was quite a gap in the market in terms of coverage of the peer-to-peer lending space. Uh, So I did some market research and took the plunge and launched the magazine three years ago now.
1: Oh well, fantastic! I suppose what's quite exciting about that as well, you're riding a wave in a relatively young and new sector as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been really nice to see how much the industry's grown since the magazine started. So you know, we've actually been able to sort of grow alongside the industry, which has been fantastic. And I think one thing that's quite special about the magazine is that you know, until Pair Finance News, if you were investing in the sector, there wasn't really anywhere where you could get a lot of news about your investments apart from going to the companies themselves. So, you know, we've provided a really useful function for those investors because we're constantly writing about the companies and different trends in the sector.
1: Personally, as a reader, it's almost become my daily routine to jump on the website in the morning, have a look at what's going on in the sector. And one of the reasons we wanted to get you on this was to kind of share that with our listeners to say this is a great point to learn a bit more about the peer-to-peer world and as you said, quite rightly, what's going on and what's happening. Did you invest in peer-to-peer platforms or that type of structure before you started this? Was it something that you looked at?
0: To be honest, no. Um, so I mean, I've been a journalist for most of my career, and I think anyone who knows the industry probably knows that most journalists don't have a lot of disposable income to be investing. And then I became a startup founder, so again, not much disposable income. I definitely would now. Um, I think my only concern about doing this at the moment would be the risk of anyone thinking I was biased towards a particular platform. So I'd hate for someone to think, oh, well, you know, they wrote that positive story about rate setter because he's invested in it. If I were less involved with the magazine, I definitely would.
1: That's a really good point. I suppose I never really thought of it that way yet. You mentioned at the beginning having the disposable income. Surely that's what peer-to-peer, you know, is there as well to do, though, to help people that you know, perhaps don't have the 100, 200,000 pounds to invest that gives people... The opportunity to invest small amounts, manageable amounts, but still get a much better return potentially than what they have by it being sat in the account. So, was that the kind of lure, or was it more of a lure to the industry? Because the fact that it was new, it was exciting, and you know, you could see it potentially growing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think what's really cool about the sector from a journalist perspective is that there aren't that many people writing about it. I mean, there's more people writing about it now than when I launched the magazine. I used to work for a London newspaper, City AM, where I covered energy and resources. And it's so hard to find an exclusive story about Shell or BP because you've got Reuters, Bloomberg, everyone's on it. Whereas with The pay-to-peer lending sector, there are so many exclusives we're uncovering. There are so many different angles to investigate. It's a really new, really interesting, really fast-growing sector with lots of innovative players. I think it's quite unique in that way.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And It's interesting the sectors that the peer to peer is entering into. Obviously, we're predominantly property-focused and a lot of our listeners have a property background or are looking to get into the property we kind of use peer-to-peer to our listeners to give them some information about how it could help them with funding projects or how it can provide them with an alternative investment vehicle and spreading risk across different portfolios. How are you finding in terms of obviously, that like I said, there's new different areas coming up, but is it predominantly property that you find that you cover more or... Is it a real mixed bag or is there anything kind of creeping up that we're not aware of as yet?
0: So, and I think you're right in the sense that there are definitely the most platforms within the peer-to-peer lending sector. So, I'd say that's probably the busiest part of the peer-to-peer lending space. Um, There are a few consumer lenders and SME lenders. Um, I guess because Brits love bricks and mortar and obsessed with property, basically. So, I think for a lot of investors, it's really attractive to have that property backing the loans.
1: I think, like you say, it's a natural thing, isn't it, for the British that they want to own or they can see that asset and it gives them that comfort. And I suppose as well, the history of you know how property is performed gives them that comfort as well. Are there any kind of common myths that you've come across with peer-to-peer lending? Is there anything that you'd advise people or make people aware of that you've come across covering lots of different types of stories?
0: I think probably the most common myth is that it's one asset class. And any peer-to-peer loan is like another peer-to-peer loan. Because I think as soon as you start delving into the sector, you realize how different all the platforms are. In some ways, it's really difficult to compare anything between certain platforms because they're just so different. You know, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, a consumer, an unsecured personal loan, then, then you're weighing up the risk and return against a property development loan or a loan to a small business, they're completely different. I'd probably advise anyone who wants to invest in the fiscal lending sector to do some research first, you know, away from you know some of the, maybe some of the bad press you know, in the Telegraph or the Times. Really think about what they want out of it too. Are you potentially happy to risk a little bit of money for really high returns, or do you just want to diversify and maybe choose some of the lower return platforms because you're looking for some extra income? Yeah, I'd say do your due diligence. That's probably the most important thing.
1: Do you find often with people that are investing in pay-to-pay, it's driven by interests in terms of a lot of people we speak to, you know, we mentioned at the beginning about people investing in property because they like property like bricks and mortar, but you do find quite often people invest into new businesses because they like the subject that that business is entering into because because pay-to-pay is quite large in the business sector as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it varies, to be honest. Um, I think you've got some investors who absolutely love um, knowing where their money's going. So they love the fact that they are funding you know, a particular business or a particular property. But then I think you've got others who use sort of auto invest functions on the platforms, who just like the fact that their money is getting a bit more diversified, and maybe they don't have as much time to sort of look into, into each individual project. So I mean, I think it's got options for both types, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And obviously, you've covered lots and lots of stories over the last three years. I'm sure you've come across some of the best advice, tips. What would you pass on to someone who's new looking to invest in the peer-to-peer sector? You mentioned due diligence a moment ago. Is there anything else that has kind of stood out when you've been interviewing people?
0: First, it's about diversification. Secondly, I'd say really look at the platform that you're actually investing through because ultimately you're relying on that platform's management you know, team actually making the right judgment on whether this is a credit worthy borrower and this is a good investment opportunity so i think yes it's really good to look at the actual project, you know the loan in question but also to look at the people behind it
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah so the due diligence but not just on the actual projects but also on the actual team and the people that are actually providing the opportunity
0: yeah exactly
1: I suppose most savvy investors we deal with as well, they'll often want to speak to us or they'll want to know the, the history or background of the team and what projects we've already completed and, you know, find out a bit more, I suppose, in comfort in that respect. Obviously, the market has changed massively, not just in the three years you've been doing, but the five to eight years that it's been established. What would you say the biggest story is currently in the market about peer-to-peer?
0: I'd say regulation is probably the biggest topic in the industry at the moment. And also Lendi. I guess the two stories kind of tie in a bit. So Lendi was, you know, the most high profile platform closure we've had to date. But I think that ties in quite nicely with the topic of regulation more generally. The Financial Conduct Authority took over oversight of the sector in 2014 and introduced a really lengthy uh, post-implementation review of the sector which finally, you know, the updated rules finally came out this June and are coming to effect in December. So I'd say that's definitely the biggest story at the moment from my perspective. The city regulators have been really keen to introduce more measures to protect everyday investors. Obviously, new rules come with more compliance tasks and more cost for the platforms. So I think that's a really big issue for the industry at the moment. I think because there has been the collapse of Lendi and also last year of collateral, Um, another platform i think the fact that we do have this more stringent regulation coming in now is actually real positive for the sector who reassure any investors who you know were looking at previous collapses and feeling a bit concerned that actually you know changes have been made and there are things being done to protect them
1: i think you're completely right there susie i think it's quite interesting because investors that we're speaking to even investors that are are into loans that with the likes of lending that haven't gone quite right you know some of them are seeing it as well Actually, if the market was just to continue as it was, yes, I wouldn't invest in this sector because obviously lessons haven't been learned. Whereas I think you're right in terms of the FCA bringing new structures, new guidelines in place. I think it's a really positive thing. You know, investors are seeing it. there's improvements being made. A lot, of, a lot of people don't realise is just how young this sector is in comparison to the likes of banks and loans, and you know that that side of it. So there are going to be learning along the way. There's some investors you speak to say, "Yeah, I'd like it a little bit more established. Maybe another five years, etc." But I think with what they're bringing out, you know, we're certainly encouraged by it. We we see it as being a, a very positive move, and looking forward to you know securing more in terms of offering our investors more security, making sure that they do understand what they're investing into and the potential risks i think it's been such a big gray area hasn't it over the past it's now starting to, to be a bit clearer in terms of and, and, and i think because of that we'll see more platforms drop out of the industry as well
0: yeah no you probably will um i mean we wrote a story recently and um, you know our team did a bit of a sort of investigation there are a lot of platforms out there who are quite concerned about the burden of new compliance costs and a lot of people have speculated that actually platforms who aren't able to take on those costs will fall by the wayside. And also anyone whose business model is so far from what it needs to be to comply might also have difficulties. But again, I think that's no bad thing for the industry. I mean, another thing I'd probably say to any investors out there is that, you know, I mean, I speak to CEOs from peer-to-peer lending platforms all the time. And there are so many platforms out there who genuinely want to produce a good product for investors. you know, And I think Occasionally, if you read some of the mainstream media, it almost sounds like, you know, all these platforms are trying to you know, wheedle money out of pensioners and not giving them back, you know, what they should. And, and it's so not like that. And, you know, I think it'd be a shame if the whole industry got tarnished by the likes of Lendy.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Also, as well, on the other side of it, I think there are a lot of positives happening at the moment. You know, with the FCA rules coming in and the likes of what happened with Lendy. There are a lot of positives. There are a lot of platforms that are actually growing quite well, giving great returns, lots of really good projects being completed, new people entering and offering great returns. I mean, the returns are probably one of the biggest attractions to investors. And, you know, with ourselves, we're up to 12% return. It's always going to attract investors in that respect, isn't it? Because the returns are generally the overall attraction.
0: Yeah, definitely. We surveyed our investor audience last year, and the top thing that they did look for was returns. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely an obvious attraction of the sector, especially if you look at things like, you know, the volatility of the stock market and um, low paying cash assets. You know, it's a really nice way for people to be able to boost their income.
1: Yeah, i would tell you one of the funny things uh, we had this weekend. So we, we've just come back from the Property Investor Show in London, had a stand, met lots of investors, met some really good guys about ISAs and investing with their ISA, which I think is another really strong part of the market with the IF ISA and, and how that's working and how it's growing. Personally, I think it's a fantastic product for investors because they, they've got the benefit of the tax-free and the potential returns. But one of the tests we did on the stand was when we talk about returns, we changed the level of returns. And we did this in two groups. So we tested the market to say our returns are fixed for 12 months at 12%. And then we had another group which were at 9% for 12 months. And we actually got more response on the 9%. And it was almost when we questioned people, it was because they thought it was too good to be true. People kind of thought that, well, it's 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 a higher return, so potentially there's a higher risk. I don't know if that's something that you've kind of come across. And it was quite interesting when we sat down at the end of the event so far, the uh, the results we've got.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting point. I think there is an element of that. I think people do sometimes associate higher returns with higher risk. I think the slight risk about seeing it as black and white as that, though is that not every platform will have the same spread. So just because a platform does have lower returns doesn't necessarily mean that it is low risk. And I think it's probably a bit dangerous just to make that automatic assumption, which, again, I think ties back to really doing that due diligence on the platform itself and how they're assessing the loan opportunities.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's just that initial kind of switch of, of people's mindset, I suppose, which quite interesting to see. How they're reacted to different returns in terms of the future you mentioned about the fca and, and how you see that how do you see because there's been talks as well i think i read something in an article that you guys have done as well in terms of people quoting the future of peer-to-peer in terms of they feel that a lot of the smaller platforms will close and it will be potentially platforms grouping together to create larger scale platforms is that how you see the market going in the next sort of five years or do you have any forecasts of where you see this going
0: I think there will be consolidation. I don't necessarily think it would be straightforward mergers. As we've discussed, I think we probably will get some more platforms falling by the wayside, not necessarily just through, you know, collapsing, but just because perhaps they can't afford to comply with new costs or they haven't really developed enough of a niche in the market. I think we'll probably see more sort of strategic partnerships with banks. Um, you know, you've got Market Invoice, the invoice finance provider who embarks on a strategic partnership with Barclays. I think we'll see more of those kind of deals where sort of banks tap into what, you know, the peer-to-peer lending sector has to offer. You know, I've spoken to a lot of people about MA and consolidation over the last few years. And most people are a bit skeptical about the idea of Two platforms just clubbing together. I think because all the business models are so different, and everyone's innovating and doing things their own way, it'd be quite difficult to integrate, say, funding circle assets capital. Each business is quite, you know, different. So there worry will be some sorts of consolidation, but not necessarily in in the most obvious way.
1: It's interesting here from your point of view, because obviously, like I say, you speak to lots of different companies, and you've got your finger on the pulse in that respect. We appreciate your time. We know you're a busy lady. Thank you for coming on our podcast and sharing your experience and your thoughts in the peer-to-peer world. We will put a link on this podcast to p2pfinancenews.co.uk and uh, if any of our listeners are interested in further information, please follow that website. Thank you very much, Susie.
0: Thank you.